Hello, Wizards fans, and welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio, joined today by Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring of WashingtonWizards.com. We are recording this one on Wednesday afternoon, day after the Wizards wrapped up a four-game road trip uh, with a loss in Milwaukee, and the day before the team begins a six-game homestand here at Capital One Arena against the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets this weekend. Um, We're going to touch on both of those games coming up in the next few days, touch on some of the team's recent play. Uh, We've got an interview with Jan Mahimi that Zach recorded on the road last weekend in Atlanta and a summary of some other things going on around the team. But let's begin, guys, with tomorrow night's game, Thursday night, against the Charlotte Hornets. It'll be the team's third matchup of the season. Um, Charlotte's been struggling, generally, of late, uh, but they're coming off a win against the Knicks, led by Terry Rozier, who scored 30 points, grabbed 10 rebounds, pretty impressive from the guard position. Um, And it's their guard duo that drives everything for that team. Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. Um, what do you guys see from those two in particular that uh, highlight what Charlotte does? They play really well together. Uh, they have like a good connection, I think better than people would have expected. And with Devontae Graham, I mean, the guy can kind of just pull up from anywhere and shoot. Rozier's not afraid to do the same. Uh, may not, he doesn't have as consistent of a jump shot, but he has m- just as many moves to get and create offense um that's kind of what stands out to me is they have two creators whereas a lot of teams you know mainly due to injury like the wizards the warriors uh the nets like they don't have multiple guys in the backcourt who can create their own offense consistently and i think that's the biggest thing to watch i think gary payne the second who hasn't really played a ton lately been in foul trouble just maybe hasn't been playing as well as the coaching staff would like is going to to have an impact on this game. I think you'll see Brad guard their guys, maybe Bonga. I mean, they have some interesting wings with Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington, who are kind of like in-betweeners, three-fours. Miles is more of a two-three, but uh, present interesting matchups. They don't really have bigs, as we'll get to, uh, so it could be a good opportunity for the Wizards' bigs to dominate down low. For sure. The, the last meeting isn't isn't very informative for this matchup just because it's like – there's so many different moving pieces. Mo Wagner played in that game for the Wizards. Rui Hachimura played in that game for the Wizards. So um, two teams at really different spots is where they were when we last saw them. And, you know, losing, I think, eight straight before they came in, before they beat the Knicks. So, I mean, some deep struggles for this team. And obviously the Wizards will, will get to it on, on just the defensive struggles that we've seen so far from the Wizards of late. But... Um, yeah, Rozier and, and, and Graham are dynamic. They obviously can cause trouble with one-on-one um, matchups. They can both create, like like Rosen said. And I think that that's certainly the concern just because you just never know. Um, breakdowns, things that happen on, on the offensive end for Charlotte, with those guys, they can sometimes not really matter. They can still find a way to get points out of possessions and – that's difficult when you're playing against a team that struggles to defend in the first place to have those guys that can kind of break, you know, break a possession or I guess I should say fix a possession that's been broken. Um, both of them are really good at that. And 
Devontae Graham is a distributor too. I mean, almost eight assists per game is is really really an impressive number for him, um, especially with like we said, maybe not a ton of developed offensive talent around those two, but him being able to find guys in good spots and you know we we've long struggled against the Charlotte Hornets for whatever reason here in Washington and it's always a game that you just have to be aware of and you know we'll we'll see what the Wizards mindset is what what both teams mindset is coming into this game I think it'll be very interesting to watch yeah I think it's interesting to compare Rozier and Graham's skill sets Rozier while they're both cutters and aggressive and play very quickly Rozier's much stronger outweighs Graham substantially I would imagine without looking at their exact listings yep. Graham is much faster he's their gunner he's their shooter yep. he does a little bit of everything and and runs a lot of their offense um but let's talk a little bit about the opportunity for some of the Wizards bigs you look at Thomas Bryant for example coming off a double double against Milwaukee also chipped in six assists there when you look at what Bradley Beal has done over the last four games which has been unbelievable does that create a little bit of opportunity for the Wizards bigs is that going to pull some of those Charlotte defenders out to the perimeter a little bit more space for Thomas Bryant Jan Thomas Bryant and Jan at the same time depending on what the (laughs) lineup is going to be we don't know that yet Um, but what sort of opportunities are there going to be in the paint for these Wizards bigs they're probably Charlotte's going to have to definitely rotate on Beal when he goes to the rim which could create you know those last second assist opportunities that John Wall kind of mastered and Brad has become he, he has great chemistry with with Thomas Bryan and it's developing with Jan for sure um, that's probably more of the opportunity I would say uh, but you saw in the second half of Milwaukee what that pick and roll with Thomas Bryan was like last year now that Thomas isn't as on as much of a restriction we can hopefully see more of that um, it wouldn't shock me if Thomas Bryan started at the five tomorrow um or at least is going to be just come off the bench and be the backup five, not maybe finish the game. He has had a lot of success against the Hornets in the past. I, I think Cody Zeller is a really good matchup for Thomas Bryant. Um, and if you know if Bryant can can kind of pull Zeller away from the paint, they don't have a ton of shot blockers. And with the Hornets, they have Biombo who will come in. So I, I feel like it'll be a, a mix and match. Like when Biombo's on the court, that's when you want Mahimi and Zeller, Thomas Bryant, or Pashesnik. So that's kind of the way I see it. But I do think Thomas Bryant's about to break out again and, and continue to, to – or not continue, but return to what he was doing last year and what earned him his multi-year contract. Yeah, and the other thing, speaking of bigs, and, and this can go for the whole team too, just because so much of rebounding as a team now truly is a one-through-five effort, but it's, it's an area that – Charlotte really struggles with despite having guys like Biombo who you, you would expect one of the one of the reasons that he gets minutes and plays more in that rotation is because he can be an effective rebounder as a team they're they're just not great at it and it's something that I think rebounding is always an area that coaches talk about when you put in the requisite effort and you have the right mentality you can succeed and I think this is an opportunity for the Wizards to like we saw them fight back in that Milwaukee game I, this is another. This is a, a game to build on that kind of momentum. It's against a team that's also been struggling mightily, and you know, to have them on their home floor this time, that that always helps. And and also having the mentality that they're going to be here a while. Starting this homestand, I think, is a really important. It's a really important marker for the Wizards to kind of take stock of 
the fact that this is a an important stretch at home. It's all at home. They get to be comfortable a little bit. They don't have to worry to poo much too much about schedules for once after really a difficult last probably month and a half. So this is kind of a, a beginning of a of a I guess a, a period for the Wizards, lack of a better word, where I think they can they can really focus and get some results and have some growth, especially with guys about to come back. Yeah, there are certainly certainly some winnable games in that stretch and with that we'll transition a little bit to Saturday's matchup against the Nets it'll be the Wizards first game of the year against Brooklyn Um, Brooklyn also plays tomorrow night and then they're actually going to be on a back-to-back come Saturday they will play the Bulls in Brooklyn Friday night and then travel down to the nation's capital for Saturday's game against the Wizards Um, I think if you're looking for a little bit of similarities in the two matchups uh, Brooklyn is also driven uh, a lot by their guards. Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, each averaging over 20 points a game this season. Um, you know, Kyrie uh, did not play in the Nets' last game. Um, you know, I think it's well known around the league he was very, very close with Kobe Bryant um, and just was not in a place to play their most recent game. Um, but in his previous outing, um, 45 points against the Pistons and for as many struggles as he has had this season staying on the court um, gelling in the new environment however you want to label it um, when he's on he's on and in his last outing he was on 45 points I believe it was seven assists six rebounds um, you know he's somebody that you have to account for every single time he steps on the court what do you guys see maybe specifically from Kyrie but for the the Brooklyn matchup in general They've just been such a different team when Kyrie plays. Like they kind of have to change the way they play because his usage rate is pretty high. I mean, we saw in Detroit what he can do and in a great way contribute. Um, Dinwiddie is a problem. He's always given the Wizards fits. Uh, he's just crafty. So if you don't study him, kind of like Kyrie, they can really get to you. Um, but with the Nets, you, you you need to pay attention to some of their more – like uh, grittier players like Joe Harris, Jared Allen, uh, Kuruks, uh, Zanin Musa. I'm not positive how much those Euro guys have been playing, but they're they're different types of players. You know, there's not really a full scouting report on a lot of these guys on the Nets, um, mainly because of the way that they play when Kyrie's on the floor and when he's not. And say whatever you want about that but that's just the reality and then with Kenny Atkinson you know he makes his guys play hard and uh this Brooklyn team I think has gone through a little bit of a transition over the last six months they're definitely a different team compared to what they were last year but you see glimpses of it where you're like this is the Nets team that everyone didn't want to play in the playoffs and um, I'm interested to see how they look um I know that you know if Kyrie does go he's gonna be playing with a heavy heart for sure, and I wouldn't be shocked if he had one of those crazy vintage performances because he is that talented. Yeah, for sure. It's something that is not going to leave his mind right away. It's going to take a long time for him. It's a very personal thing for him, and uh, obviously, you know, whatever time he needs to get back, I'm sure the Nets are, are very cognizant aware of that. Spencer Didwood, he also, by the way, changed his number. Uh, he wore number eight, changed it. Um, and is, is doing a really cool thing, hopefully, working with the Nets to help fans get his number changed. If they have his number eight jersey, 
um, he's working with the team to replace those jerseys with his new number. I believe what's his name? Yeah, he changed it to 26, and I believe he said yeah. he, he wants to try and front the first 260. Yeah, uh, exactly. Fans that need their jersey switched for a Spencer Dinwiddie jersey. Yeah, which is really, really cool. Um, just all kinds of really neat uh, tributes to Kobe coming from all around the league. And obviously Thursday, by the way, we should we should mention, obviously there will be um, a, a tribute here in D.C. to Kobe, our first home game. Um, but, yeah, we're talking about the Nets, another team that has struggled a ton in their last, what, I guess, seven games or so. They've won one. And in those games, you know, they've – they're, they've never really gelled offensively this season, but their offense has been particularly stagnant in that in that stretch. Their offense rating is barely over 104, which over that time is like almost dead last in the league. Just struggling to kind of find it. But we know with Kyrie, with Dinwiddie, with some of the supporting cast like Joe Harris, um, they have guys that can make you pay for relaxing too much or – um, yeah, just not just not paying attention on defense, and obviously, this is an area that the Wizards are have been focusing on, that they're going to continue to focus on. And the bottom line for where the Wizards are right now is just understanding that while the Nets are struggling and they, they, you know they're not in their best form, uh, they have guys that can punish you. Kyrie Irving, chief among them, and obviously Spencer Dinwiddie, not far behind. All right, up next we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to play some stock up, stock down with some different elements of the Wizards' play lately, and we're going to start with a stock up somehow, as if the stock could get any higher, Davis Bertans and his shooting from three. Um, you know, Davis has hit four or more threes in three of his last four games, including a perfect four of four uh, in the loss Tuesday night at Milwaukee. Um, and he's going up against a Hornets team Thursday that – uh, in their last meeting, he went for a season-high 32 on just an unbelievable 8 of 12 from deep, from three. That looks weird even reading. Um, so when you consider what he's done recently uh, and the matchup he's about to face on Thursday, it is uh, favorable, we'll say. Um, what have you guys seen from Davis as of late uh, that is you know, attributed to his increased, again, somehow, three-point shooting rate? I mean, I think it's as simple as he's getting back to his regular minutes. Brad's back now. The guys are healthier. I think once we see Rui come back, which should be pretty soon, to have them play together will be fun to watch again. The 3-4 mesh, wherever you want to put him. Um, maybe he'll play the 5 even. And, you know, he knows his spots. I think what you see with Davis is he's going to make – shots some some days he's gonna go he's gonna miss I mean like as simple as that he's that good of a shooter but even the best shooters are not gonna make every shot he's gonna have some struggles um some games but I I think against Charlotte he just had he was just unconscious I mean he was making it from absolutely ridiculous distances he got fouled a bunch of times um I do think part of his revolution will be to continue to draw fouls on his three-point shooting I think because he releases from so high up, a lot of opponents can't even reach. So that's part of it. Um, he does have that Kevin Durant-type height advantage with his shot. Um, but, yeah, it was good to see him, especially in Milwaukee, like really start go- getting going again because he struggled in Atlanta. Um, I think what you saw his struggles was just because he was not full in con- his condition yet on those minutes 
restrictions. Yeah, I mean, be, being able to shoot over guys when you're asking them to shoot 12 threes a game plus take more, you know, have more usage is, is I think, just that. I think Rosen at the nail on the head. And once he gets more comfortable, I think we'll we'll see him come back to having some of those insane games. I, I will also just say he's somebody that, as we've gotten to know him more over the season, just off the court or, you know, during shoot-arounds and practices, he's one of those guys with the ultimate confidence mentality like it, his confidence in his own shot in his spots on the floor his ability to shoot over guys that's something that does not waver with him uh, ever and i think that there's it's not cockiness totally I mean, sometimes it is in, in joking but he he really has that that flat line of confidence that all great shooters have to have we've seen it with the best shooters that we've watched recently, Steph and all those guys, they they have the confidence to keep shooting no matter what. On off nights, when they're in their spots, when the game's close, no matter what, they, they still keep shooting, and I expect Davis to keep doing that. I know that he'll get the green light from Brad, from Coach Brooks. They know what he can do. They watch it every day. And so, yeah, I think this is just a natural kind of progression back to him being fully healthy and It'll be fun to watch as we as we go in. Still very much a leading candidate for the three-point contest, we should say. Uh, transitioning to a stock down, um, the Wizards' defense. Uh, after a stretch of what was pretty improved play from a tough start to the season, we'll say, the Wizards have now given up 150 points in back-to-back nights. Um, you know, The first against the Atlanta Hawks on... Sunday night and that Hawks team they it's a it's a high ceiling offense they're not consistent with the best offenses in the league but when you have Trey Young running point and doing what he does they have the potential to do some unbelievable things and they did that Sunday and then uh, Tuesday night against the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis we should mention they just shot the lights out led by Chris Middleton who started the game seven of seven from three uh, cooled off a little bit but you know finished the game with 51 points um and he was not the only one that was shooting hot for them the Wizards really struggled to slow them down what did you guys see on the defensive end I will say I don't think the Wizards played great defense in the first half that's obvious but I do think the Bucks were just making everything it was like you look up another three another three it was a really bizarre experience to watch that game I think everyone was just kind of in disbelief about it um Middleton is a difficult player to guard, kind of like, really, I know I said Durant for how uh, Davis shoots, but similarly, like, he just rises above the smaller guys who guard him. Um, And with no Giannis, it allowed him to really be free in his movement, his ability to create, like, before Giannis became the all-star and MVP that he was, Middleton was the better player and was just as good as he is now. You know, he's obviously gotten better. He'll be a second straight all-star for sure this year. Um, the Bucks are a really good team, and obviously the Wizards, the effort was not fully there. I think you saw in the second half, besides the last five minutes, like they really came together. I thought it was a really good effort uh, to come back in the second half. It just it wasn't clicking. I think there's a letdown element with Giannis not playing. Unfortunately, that's just how it is, but when another team just gets that hot, it's really hard to come back and, and get it together, and I thought at least the Wizards did that. They brought it to seven. Um, but, yeah, defensively, you go back to Atlanta. I almost want to say, like we talked about the Kobe earlier in the week, like 
I would almost just say just scrap that game. Like, nobody's head was in the game. Trey had obviously a different connection to Kobe. I mean, Brad still had a big game, but it was just different. Yeah. Um, and I guess you could even say the same with the Bucks game. In a way, there was still tributes to him, still on everyone's mind. But, yeah, I mean, you don't want to give up 300-plus points in two games regardless. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think, you know, these are struggles of a young team guys coming in and out different starting lineups it's hard to play consistent defense with kind of some of the intangibles they've had to deal with yeah just to, to add on to that I will say that one of the things that I was very impressed with with the Bucks game was that Bradley Beal was 100% spearheading that effort back I will say that watching him play on both ends of the floor um, just the obvious effort that he was giving I thought was really impressive and it's something that for the younger players on this team no matter you know how many mistakes how sloppy the defense was in the first half the fact that I mean we've seen veterans in the past just be like man this is just it's not the night I'm not putting all my effort into this we're we're down by a million and you know we're packing it in Uh, Bradley Beal did not do that last night he almost scored a career high in his effort to get the Wizards back into that game which he did and so if there's a silver lining that is it but for sure as you're trying to build a program there's so much of defense can be effort I will say in the NBA it's a little bit different because you really do have to know your personnel there's a lot more um there's a lot more thinking that has to happen on the defensive end, a lot more awareness of certain guys and their strengths because teams are so good and can be so clockwork-like. The Bucks are, are like that, a veteran team that just plays almost flawlessly together, especially at home. So you take all those things into effect. But, yes, I mean, the the awareness on defense, the just the learning process of playing five, five men together on defense is clearly a work in progress for this group. And... Uh, there are times in the NBA, there are nights where you're just going to get exposed no matter how hard you try. And I think that, that you can chalk at least last night in Milwaukee up to something like that. Yeah, uh, and we'll close with another stock up, Bradley Beal's all-star candidacy. We obviously learned last week that Brad will not be an all-star starter despite some pretty fantastic numbers through the first half of the season. And later this week, we will learn the remainder of the all-star rosters as chosen by coaches around the league and you would have to think after his last four games in which he's averaged over 40 points a game played 37 minutes in three of the four and really led this Wizards team as well as he has in any stretch of the season so far that he has put to bed any doubt that he belongs on that team Um, what have you guys seen from Brad in the last four games asked him last night just you know he's been dealing with he doesn't love how many free throw attempts he's been getting and all that and then he comes in the last two games and gets 18 free throw attempts it's like every possession he's just drawing a foul um he's just being more aggressive that's kind of what he said um he talked to coach brooks about it uh like a week ago a week or two ago about he needs to be more aggressive than he was um complain less do more and then I think he's getting to his spots he's still not even shooting that well and he's the first one to admit that I mean even Brooks is like he probably should have had 60 tonight like he missed he's missing some threes although his three point percentage has gone up uh, in recent play uh he's just almost doing 
the like James Harden light imitation where you get to the line a million times and like guys kind of get off you a little bit more because they don't want to keep following you. My big thing for Brad though would be to try to get specific players in foul trouble too, not just yeah. everybody. I think that would be beneficial. But yeah, I mean, look at his numbers. They speak for himself. He's balling as of late over 40 points a game in his last uh, four games. Uh, I think he's going to be an all-star because the coaches will vote for him. All the media seems to be not voting for him, which is fine, but we've seen this before. The coaches respect guys like this. He's double teamed every night. I'm sorry to guys like, you know, I don't know who he'll get. Kyle Lowry, who we all respect a lot, but what Kyle Lowry deals with compared to Bradley Beal is a lot different. Same Malcolm Brogdon, some of those comparisons. Um, Beal is double teamed every night. He's asked to put the entire team on his shoulders 82 games, so it's just different. And, you know, if you don't want to give winning uh, the opportunity to be at All-Star, that's your decision. I think the media and the coaches just think very differently about this specific thing. Yeah, for sure. It's it's exactly what Brad said after forget what game it was it was I think it was the Cleveland game they asked him about the all-star voting about being second again second amongst the players uh did it surprise him of course his answer was no it doesn't surprise me I have to play these guys every night and just like the players coaches have to coach against him every night and every single game plan is to double team him um and so I think I think that that speaks volumes of how coaches will definitely vote uh it's anonymous so it's not like they have anything to guard or you know, anything like that I think that yeah what what he's able to do his leadership qualities coaches watch his effort every night they watch nights like last night when things just weren't going well and he just kept going um all of his invites to team USA things over summers I mean all of those things his equity in the league is is growing still um he has a lot of respect and I think from the from the official standpoint too hopefully he's gaining those things i think he's i think he has made a point to keep attacking until he gets to the line the amount of times that he wants to these last two games are it's it's almost hysterical in the in the first two games of the four game stretch he went to the line whatever get combined i guess six times and then in the next two he went a combined 36 times it's no question that's a it's a concerted effort to be more aggressive and it's another one of those things that he he's effective in doing it but it also says to the rest of his teammates this is how we play this is how this is the effort we give every night so all those things are good from him and all of those things are also observed by coaches who will i would assume vote him into the all-star game all right up next we're going to play a little real or fake and we touched on it a little bit uh just now in speaking on brad but his free throw attempts over the last two games um, 18 attempts in each of the last two games. Um, he's only the second guard in the last six seasons of play to attempt 18 free throws or more in consecutive games. Uh, guess who joins him on that list? That would be James Harden. Um, I thought it was going to be Ish Smith. <laughs> uh, perhaps most importantly, he's hitting them when he gets to the line. He made 15 of the 18 against Atlanta and 17 of the 18 against Milwaukee. Uh, against Milwaukee, he was 14 of 15 in the first half alone, um, which is unreal to even read again. Uh, and in that first half became the first Wizards player since Gilbert Arenas in 2007 to hit 14 free throws in a single half. 
Um, when you guys look at 18 free throws in two consecutive games, what has led to it, and is it in any way sustainable? I mean, we touched on it, just being more aggressive. I don't think we need too much more of an explanation. I'll say it's pretty... I don't think it's sustainable to attempt 18, but I think his average is probably like 9. I think we can see that that's pretty real. He's going to get to the line about 10 times a game. It's just about how aggressive he is. I mean, you look at the Cleveland game, he only had 2, but he was also just making every shot, basically. He was really effective from the field. It's also a back-to-back. He probably was tired, didn't want to go to the keep attacking in Miami. He deserved a few more calls. I think we remember in OT specifically there was a missed call there. Um, I think it's it's sustainable. I'll say the 18 is fake because that would be pretty ridiculous. But it'd be great. I mean, we'll take it. Might slow down the game a little bit, uh, take a few minutes from our nights, but that'd be great for Brad. I think he... When you look at free throw attempts per game, he's right up there. So this isn't like a shock. It's just 18 is a lot in back-to-back games. Yeah, for sure, it's 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 definitely the median between 4 and 18. Um, I think that's what we can expect from Brad. And I think that since he has seen this kind of success, it'll, it, I don't think it'll change his approach, but I think it certainly validates um, what he chooses to do when he has the ball in his hands. No question about it. Yeah, and you look all season, he has, as you said, Chris, he has asked for the calls. Um, He's made it clear that he feels he deserves to be at the line more than he has been. And even post-game against Milwaukee, he copped to an increased level of aggression. He said, quote, I'm just kind of forcing it sometimes, just kind of forcing the refs to make calls. I'm taking shots I don't usually take, just being aggressive. Mm -hmm. So he knows what he's doing. He's good at it. Uh, 18 per game is going to be hard to ask for, but um, I I think – I think Wizards fans can expect to see him continuing to get to the line over the course of the next few weeks. Up next, uh, we're going to go to an interview with Zach and Jan Mahimi that was recorded this past weekend in Atlanta, um, touching on his play, his approach to the game, the international presence in the locker room, and some of his goals for the rest of the season. All right, Zach Rosen here from WashingtonWizards.com in an undisclosed location with Wizards big man Jan Mahimi. Why it has to be undisclosed? Oh, we, I guess we could tell him we're in the hotel in Atlanta. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't need to tell him what hotel. Uh, Jan, you're in a, a stretch of some of your best basketball of your career the last month. Um, I don't know. You tell me. I think you are with your 20-point performances. I know you say that's not what you're about. You're not about scoring. But defensively, too, you've been an anchor for this team. Is it the How, first time? What? That you've been, been an anchor, anchor for this team? Yeah. No, but I think, you know, your most consistent play through okay. through your career with the Wizards. Okay, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I trust you. I mean, I, I, I want to trust you. Like, okay. I, 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 All right. Honestly, like. I want to ask you, though, like, has it felt different for you? Because you were, you were going through <coughs> an injury to start the year, but you were determined to come back 100%, right, from your Achilles soreness. Mm-hmm. And, what was going? I mean, you're always hurt as a basketball player, right? Yeah. You're never 100. percent What has it felt different for you this season? Uh, what my to come back from injury? Yeah. Uh, no, it, it wasn't so different, except that I, I did rush a little bit because of you know we had so many injuries. Um, you know, at that time we had just lost TB, and then Mo was dealing with an ankle sprain, and obviously still still dealing with it. But um, 
Yeah, it was a little different to come back, but my mindset was always the same, you know, and it's always the same when I step up into uh, into the court, you know. I uh, always want to, um, like you say, be a, a defensive anchor. So, um, you know, you said it's a good stretch. Uh, I agree with you. I feel good. I feel like, you know, I got pretty good chemistry with the guys on the on the, on the floor, and it's... It's pretty unique because we have so many different lineups. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the last, I want to say, 20 games, it's uh, it's a lot of different lineups out there. You know, some young guys, some vets, some mix. You know, and uh, it's um, it's honestly it's been challenging, but it's been challenging in the right way. Yeah. You know, to be able to perform. Um, and somehow play good basketball and winning basketball to the best uh, of our abilities. So, uh, you know, those are tough but good challenges that you you want in your career. We're about maybe two or three games past the halfway point. Um, what uh, Where do you think the team is at right now? And I know it was hampered by injuries, but do you feel like this team is like, gonna get going especially like the rest of this month leading up to the all-star game of course that's that's the hope you know that's what we want you know you want to get going you want to find you know first of all first of all we want to get healthy you know we get healthy we get more and more bodies you know we get guys um you know into their mojo and uh, and acclimated to one another and you know and, and obviously we we're looking for you know a great chemistry with everybody healthy, you know, to see what we could really do this year. And, and uh, you know, um, those next few games are going to be key, you know. And uh, and uh, once we get there, then it's pedal to the floor, you know, and then see where we at, you know, a couple of months from now. We go back to, you know, second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. It's only you, Brad, and John left. Mm-hmm. Even from last year's team, it's just – like six of you with yeah. Jordan, Troy, Thomas, John, Brad. Mm-hmm. Has it almost been like refreshing to have a new team around you this year and so many international guys for you to, you know, share kind of your European style with? Yes. Rui's from his father's from the same mm-hmm. place your father's yeah. from. That's the refreshing, uh, refreshing part. Like the biggest refresh, ref, refreshing uh, part is the fact that we have so many international guys. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't used to that. Um, me being in, in D.C. for the last three years, like uh, our teams um, weren't used to have that many international guys. So now, you know, in the locker room, you have German, you have Latvian, not one, but two, two. you know, <laughs> you have French, you know, you have Rui with Japan, uh, you know, you have British with um, with school. So, you know, you, there is something that it's very hard to describe, um, you know, about having international guy on your team. It's a different swag. It's a different um, approach. It's a different feel. You know, obviously, I came in with, uh, I was brought by San Antonio Spurs. So my first three years, that's all I knew. It was almost it was, more international exactly, than American. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, it was very good. And then um, throughout my career, I had, you know, locker rooms with a bunch of, you know, international guys. So I've always being used to, you know, uh, being around international guys. So um, the game is so global, man. You know, I think it's uh, it's refreshing. You know, I think good team need that. You need that different flavors, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that this year, 
you know, this is the biggest to me. This is the biggest thing. You uh, played in the NBA Africa game. Mm-hmm. And the league is about to, to open up really soon. Have you looked into that more as being an ambassador with that league and being involved um, since, you know, your family history in Benin and you have your camps there every summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. You know, I always consider myself uh, as an ambassador anyway. And, you know, I don't know if, if the league want to give me that you know, official statute, but I, I'm not really looking for that. But, you know, I always feel like, you know, wherever I go, I carry, uh, I want to carry myself and I want to carry my, my countries, you know, with me. And, um, you know, rather than, you know, my dad from Benin, my mom also from Jamaica, you know, so I don't miss an opportunity to say it. You know, I don't I don't miss an opportunity to talk about Africa. I don't miss an opportunity to talk about France. I don't miss an opportunity to talk about Jamaica. So, um, you know, uh, this is natural to me. And I think that, uh, you know, with everything that's going on with the game and then the new African League, and uh, I think it's tremendous. You know, it's it's great. Um and if uh, I could be, you know, maybe a source of uh, inspiration for one kid, you know, I'd take it, man. Uh, with the, Fran- the French game that mm-hmm. happened in Paris the other day, uh-huh. did you get to watch it? Did you hear much about of it? Of course. And you saw Mbappe and Neymar yeah, in the locker room. Of course, of course. Yes, of course I watched it, you know. and um, Actually, I wasn't really watching the game. It's crazy because I was watching the stands. I was watching to want to see who was there. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see who was there. Like I know a lot of my friends and, and people that I know were at the game, so I was trying to see where where the scene. So um, it was uh, it was fun, man. It was a good game. I'm happy that you know the, the French people get to have an NBA game. You know, in Paris, you know, it's uh, you know, we have so many NBA fans. You know, in France, and uh, and I'm saying not only in France but in Europe. You know, to to have one home like it's great. You know, just like we did last year in London, I felt like the London game was great. Mm-hmm. You know, a great experience. The whole week, you know, was great. So uh, I wish I would have been part of this Paris game, but you know, yeah. I, I take it. London was great, and I think that the Paris game from all the echoes that I had from the people that that actually um, watched it, you know, they told me it was a great experience. So happy so a lot of people know about the french deal yeah a, your... a lot of people know about the french deal we making moves yeah at. what what's what's the, the latest on the french I deal? i don't want because i don't like to talk before stuff come out yeah. you know but there is a lot of exciting news for french deal coming up a lot of people are starting to are really like what we do and when i say people is like kind of like the the public figure people the fashionistas the the fashionistas but also like the you know stars and the people that are you know in the eyes of you know public and uh, they really 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 give us pubs and they contacting us directly and telling us we like what you do and and uh, so this is refreshing you know because it's uh, you know building a brand is tough man Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of up and down and and, you know, it's plenty of time when you're like, what am I doing this for? You know, <laughs> like, there's really nobody really listening or nobody really paying attention. And then you get this. And then you're like, oh, that's what I'm doing it for, you know. So it's it's been really good, like, um, 2020 starting really bang right now. We're looking forward to um, the next few months. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, and hopefully you guys can see it on social media. But there's some good stuff coming 
any teammates rocking it so far this year? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Brad was rocking it the other day. Uh, Troy was rocking it the other day, too. Uh, myself, been, uh, been wearing my stuff. And there's Black History Month that's coming up. You got so special. you know I'm coming with the heat uh, all month. Probably wear all French deal all month of February. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone on the team, you're like, all right, man, you're not dressed well enough. I'll give you this shirt. Just wear it like once every couple weeks. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, you know, actually, guys on the team, they do pay attention to what they wear, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I want to see. I'm now. I want to say it's it's kind of a it's kind of a trendy thing now in the NBA. I, I think I don't think you could get away with it no more. Like you gotta come up with you know yeah. you can't just show up like can't repeat outfits. I remember so so Rui said yeah. I said have, this is like game ten. I go are you gonna wear a different outfit for every game this year? He goes yeah of course that's the goal and a different pair of shoes. And I was like you're such a rookie. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no I, I, it's it's tough to repeat outfit but you can still repeat outfit it's mm-hmm. okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of hard, man. Like people, they now they pay attention, man. You can't sleep through the crack no more. Uh, it's, just, it's just like you, you got know, like league fits. You got everything, and, and even like e- even in the locker room, like you know, within ourselves, you know, like you know, you come with something that's like eh, people are gonna let you know about it. You know, it's like well, especially you're in the locker room. No, nah, I mean like <laughs> me, I'm really trying not to be the the fashion cop. But, you know, from time to time, I will say something if I see something outrageous, like, obviously, like, like man, come on, man, you do better than that. But, um, you know, it, it's becoming a thing, you know, it's, it's a 360 change compared to when I first came in the league, you know. Back in the day with, like, the Drew Gooden oversized oh suit at the draft and all that. Drewski, or even, like, like me, you got to understand, I had Tim Duncan. Team Duncan oh was the king of not caring at all. And about, now he has to wear a suit on the sideline. Yeah, exactly. But I've seen TD wear everything. Yeah. You know, everything. So <laughs> I'm like, you know, when I come when I come from that to now, like where, you know, guys are really, really thinking about what they put on, you know, mm-hmm. coming into a game. It's uh it's a three hundred sixty turnaround. My last question for you is I know you gotta go. What what do you want to get out of the rest of the season? Um, and I know you want to keep playing basketball. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to improve your game as a veteran in this league? Um, and now that you have such a good opportunity starting, you know, you get to play different lineups, mm-hmm. different situations. Yeah, but to me, you know, it, 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 it has been about, you know, staying, um, I mean, kind of challenging myself to um, to be productive for my team, you know, Finding uh, finding time and finding space to, you know, still grow as a player. You know, even though this is my 13th season in the NBA, you know, I felt like I still could grow with the game, and you know, I've, I've worked so much on my game, and I'm trying to always, you know, be the best Jan Mahini that I could be for my team. So this is, no matter. You know, the lineups, no matter the challenges, I always try to be the best version of me. So this is the challenge for me, you know, rather than I, like right now I'm getting a good opportunity and I play a lot of minutes, so it's great. You know, I want to take advantage of that. But if the minutes goes down a little bit, you know, I want to still, you know, be productive for my team and, and help this team win games. Well, Jan, we appreciate you coming on the Off the Bench podcast, going back to back with this in the Wizards Global podcast. So <laughs> you're a champ for that. Uh, hey. 
For Yamahimi, Zach Rosen, WashingtonWizards.com. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Wizards fans, that will do it for today. A few notes before we go. Uh, as mentioned, the Wizards are beginning a six-game homestand, Thursday against Charlotte and Saturday against the Nets, followed by games against the Warriors, Mavericks, Grizzlies, and Bulls between now and February 11th. Uh, the Capital City Go-Go earlier today dropped a morning matchup in Long Island. Phil Booth led the team with 17 points. Uh, Wizards two-way player Jonathan Williams scored 14 on 6 of 9 shooting and grabbed 6 rebounds. Uh, later this week, the NBA is scheduled to announce more All-Star details, including All-Star Game Reserves, as we mentioned, and the participants for the Rising Stars game. Stay tuned for more details on that on WashingtonWizards.com. So with that, uh, we're going to check out here, and we will be back early next week. Next week.